Hello, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining me again for a brand new week of teaching. And I want to let you know that my agenda for this week is to use the word of God to destroy sin consciousness and the inferiority complex so that you might operate in a glorious amount of faith that you may be able to change the course of history, getting your family saved, influencing your generations, walking in divine health, walking in divine prosperity, you know, all by destroying the inferiority complex and the sin consciousness. And the way we're going to do that, we're going to talk about the better agreement or the, or the, or the better covenant. You know, the word covenant mean agreement. So I want you to say this. Say, today I'm going to feed my faith. Say it again. Say, I'm feeding my faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say it one more time. Say, I'm feeding my faith. So when you say that, that word registers on your spirit, man, and it opens up your spirit to receive even greater revelation. Because sometimes you can hear words, but don't catch all the words. So when you say, I'm feeding my faith, get excited about it. Say, I'm hungry for the word of God. Say it again. Say, I'm hungry for the word of God. Say it one more time. Say, I'm extremely hungry for the word of God. Why I say, say it that way? Because man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So say, I'm feeding my faith, and I'm hungry for the word of God. Say that every time, and then listen to a message. Say that before you read the word. Say that before you listen to the word. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word. Now, when you're reading the word, you're actually hearing the word with your inner ear. So faith comes by reading also. Faith comes by hearing. So right now you're hearing the word and you're feeding your faith. And when you read the word, you're feeding your faith. So say my faith grow it exceedingly. Say it one more time. Say my faith grow it exceedingly. Why am I having you say, say these confessions? Because as you begin to say these confessions, it has an effect on your spirit, man. It causes your spirit to come alive. It causes your spirit to be saturated with a belief in the word of God. You know, God is able to make good on everything he wrote. God is able to make good on everything he said. To deny and doubt what God says is to question his integrity. God is an integrous person. I don't know if that's a word. But he's full of integrity. That will be a better way to say it. So to read the word of God and have a slight doubt in there, it's the doubt that God wrote it. It's the doubt that he meant it. You see what I'm saying? So you need to know these things. So when I minister the word, when I read this, these scriptures and expound on these scriptures, it'll have a forever impact on your soul. It'll have a forever impact upon your life. Because when you hear some contrary to what the word of God has said, your spirit is going to overcome your mind. So you got to renew your mind by the word of God. Genesis, the 15th chapter, and at verse 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now Abram, who later became Abraham, didn't have the benefit of the written word. Everything he, he got was rhema. It was straight from God. 
And so God came to him in a vision and he told him, don't, don't have any fear. Don't walk in fear. I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I'm the one that's going to shield you from these viruses. I'm the one going to shield you from these diseases. And I'm the one that's going to give you money. He said, I am thy shield and I dis- and thy exceeding great reward. Now, one place it says, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you become Abraham's heir. So this word is for every person hearing my voice today. God is saying to you right now, he is your shield and your exceeding great reward. In other words, he is your protection. Nothing else. Jesus Christ is your protection. Now, did he tell the truth? Did he tell the truth? Yes, he told the truth. It's not him plus some. He is your shield. He is your money. He is the one. If you got money, God gave you the, the, the ability, the wisdom, the revelation, the power to get that wealth. Glory. That he may establish his covenant. Hallelujah. That he may be a promise keeping God, a, a a God that makes covenant, an agreement, and he keeps his form is is part of the agreement. Now watch this. Verse two it said, and Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold to me thou hast given no seed, and lo one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad, and he said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thou see be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now remember, Abraham, when the, when God told him this rhema word, he believed it. Because later on came evidence that was contrary to the word of the Lord. He got, he got to be old, still hadn't had a seed. He got older and older, still hadn't had a seed by his wife, Sarah. Sarah uh, uh, got got tired of waiting on God, and she told Abraham to go into a handmaid. He had a son, Ishmael. But it was 13 years after that until Abraham and Sarah had the child. Now, I said all that to say this. It got worse before it got better. So that's why God loved Abraham so much. He believed the original word, and God said that was counted to him for righteousness. Now, now to uh, get on the part where I'm saying I'm destroying your uh, inferiority, complex and your sin consciousness when God said in the new covenant that Jesus Christ paid for your sins why do a lot of you think that you're still sinful why do you believe that away see when you know that Jesus has paid for all your sins it has an effect on your your spirit first then it affects your body when you're confident that your sins are paid for you know that actually makes you stop living an unclean life yes and you give thanks to God, your sacrifice become praise, your sacrifice become thanksgiving. And as you, you know, one place it said David gave a thousand sacrifices. When you give a, a thousand sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving, I remember uh, my friend Timmy that works with me. He said, Derek, I ain't lying to you, D. He said, all day his daughter, she just graduated. Congratulations, Abigail, on graduating. But he said, all day here saying, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just giving praises. 
it reminds me of the sacrifice of praise because the sacrifice has already been killed, the Lord Jesus Christ. But now she's giving sacrifice of praise. I do that. You should do that. All of us should do that. See, give a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving because your sins are paid for and your sin consciousness is gone. You are heaven bound. You have eternal life. He that believe it on the Lord Jesus Christ have eternal life. Not going to get it. He already has it. And see, he wrote these things that you sin not. But if you do sin, you have an advocate, a lawyer with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You're not sinful anymore, even if you make a mistake in sin. If a brother or sister is overcoming a fault, sin is not called fault. Those that are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of meekness because sin is not imputed to them that have received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Now, I had to take that little segue right there. Let me get back to what I was saying because I only have a minute left. But it says, Abraham believed the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and lay each piece one against the other, but the birds he divided not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, Abram drove them away. Glory. So he killed the sacrifice. God was providing animals as a blood for his agreement. See, a, a agreement comes forth when blood is shed. So in this first agreement, God used these animals as a part of his agreement with Abraham, because Abraham asked him, how would I know? Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you again on this Tuesday to destroy sin consciousness, to destroy the inferiority complex, and to reveal to you by the Holy Scriptures that you are saved, you're born again, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who don't walk after the flesh, in other words, trying to keep laws and rules and regulations and ordinance, but after the spirit, in other words, the spiritual sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. Glory to them who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh, not trying to get salvation by works, but receiving it by sanctification through the blood of Jesus, and I'm, 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 I know I'm right because the word of God hadn't changed. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God won't change. The Lord watches over his word to perform it. Men's words die out after a generation. You never hear them again. You read about them in, in books, but the masses won't remember their words unless their words was inspired. Well, these words that are written in the Holy Scripture are inspired by God. It'll never change. The same thing I'm preaching now, somebody will preach it if God tarry a hundred years from now. The same words. Different individual, same words, because the Spirit of God don't change. He said, I'm the Lord our God, and I change not. If blood was the way men's sins was purged, all sins is purged by blood. Read Hebrews 9 chapter. All sins is purged by blood. The life is in the blood and is not by works. It always has been blood. 
Even the high priest had that offer blood. That was the agreement. When you present the blood, you're made holy. That's it. That's how it works. It's not based on whether the man did right or didn't do right. Of course, under the new new covenant, you really have to worship God with your heart. Now, see, some people mental accent to it. In other words, they say, yeah, I believe on Jesus, so I'm saved. But they was just saying it. See, one place they say they honor me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from it. Nope, you could tell the ones just saying it and the ones that mean it. The ones that mean it, you're going to see an effort of them to try to change and obey the scriptures. The one that's saying it with a mental accent, or they send it to him mentally, or just with their mouth. You know, have you, you ever been talking to somebody, and you say, yeah, man, uh, is the sky blue? They say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just turned red. They say, uh-huh. Other words, they're agreeing with you, but they ain't, they aren't even listening to you. See, those the ones that mentally are sending to it, but not with their heart. Not talking about them people. The ones that accepted God with their heart, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ with their heart, they're, 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 they're sin free. Their sins are paid for by the blood. What made the Pharisees not be saved, they refused to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They refused to receive him, who was later going to offer a blood sacrifice for an atonement of their sins. See, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. Some of the Pharisees were extremely holy. But see, your righteousness is not based on works, holiness of the flesh. It's based off the blood sacrifice. What made the Pharisees unholy? Because they wouldn't receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and receive the blood sacrifice. That's what made them unholy, not their lifestyle. And a lot of people don't understand that. So us as humans, we like to compare ourselves among ourselves, which is not wise. So when you do that, you tend to think, well, I know I'm better than him. There's another one more holier than me, so he can get a prayer from God. And, and no, 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 it's the blood for the ones that you think is not as holy as you. And the ones that you think are more holier than you, it's the blood. Of course, we're at different levels of discipline. I know men right now fast 21 days, some fast 40. But those guys preach the, preach the grace message also. They just have, have a higher level of discipline. They're no, no more holier than you and me because it's by blood. It's not by how much you do right. It's not. It's that Jesus did right. Well, I say all that. Let me finish my message from yesterday. You know, I'm trying to develop it because I want your sin conscious. I want I don't want you to believe that. Say this. Say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say this. Say I'm sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Say this. Say by one offering, God has forever perfected me. See, you need to say those things. All those confessions come from the 10th chapter of Hebrews. Now, we, we're going to go back to Genesis, the 15th chapter, right? God had told Abraham that he was going to give him a child, right? And then in the 8th chapter, Genesis 15 and 8, and he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Say, what, what proof I got that you're going to do this, God? Now watch the proof God tell him to do. He said unto Abraham, he said unto him, take me in a heifer of three years old and a goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. In other words, he wanted animals so he could shed the blood. It was this this agreement was gonna be made by blood. Any agreement with God is always made by blood. Any agreement with the devil is made by blood. 
That's why the devil requires animal sacrifices. You'll see people, you'll find cat sacrifice. You'll find people getting abortions to sacrifice their baby to the devil. Now, they're doing this unknowingly, but that's what abortion really is. It's a blood sacrifice to the devil because the life is in the blood. God told you to be fruitful and multiply, not kill your baby. So if you've done that, you need to repent for murder. Now, I'm not condemning you. I'm just, I got to tell you truth. And I'm saying that I'm not saying it with, with hatred. I'm saying it with love, even though it don't sound like it because I have a heavy voice developed by me being in the Marine Corps. But I'm really saying it with much love and compassion. You must repent for, for murder. So if a person, if, because you, because the life is in the blood, we don't have a right to take life. So he's, he, so what God did, he told him to take these animals. These animals are going to be instead of blood. And so when he took, uh, uh, verse 10, and he took unto him all these and divided in the in the midst and laid each piece one against the other, but the birds he divided not. Now let's drop down. God gave him, uh, caused a, a deep sleep to come on him and gave, gave him a prophetic word because Abraham was a prophet. Glory. So he's speaking to him in visions and dreams, right? And so um, at the verse 17, and they said, and it came to pass that when the sun went down, and it was dark. Now watch this. Behold a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. Now God came down in in a lamp, kind of like that light that led the children of Israel by night. God appeared to Abraham in that light, that lamp. And then he was consumed, he was making smoke come upon that, that them old animals, and God was consuming the sacrifice. That's how Abraham knew he had the agreement because God consumed the sacrifice. Hallelujah. He appeared to him in that lamp and he consumed that sacrifice. And in verse 18, it says, in that same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. So he made the covenant after that blood was shed and he received that shed blood. Jesus had to present his blood on the altar in heaven. See, so after God received that blood, it said an agreement was made with Abraham. See, the word covenant means agreement. And then he told him that he gave, gave him this land. He gave him more land. Okay, that was the first agreement, right, with Abraham. Well, when you go to Genesis 17, it says, Genesis 17 at verse 1, it said, When Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, I'm an almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant, which is me in agreement, between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham, Abraham fell on his face. And God taught him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be, shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for I'll make thee a father of many nations, have I made thee. And I'll make thee exceeding fruitful, and I'll make of thee nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I'll establish my covenant agreement between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and thy generation for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee until thy seed after thee. In other words, I got to drop down because I'm almost out of time. Verse 10, it says, this is my covenant, which ye shall keep. See, he have to do something also between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. So see, now Abram had to shed blood. See, God's blood was the animals two, two chapters earlier. Now Abraham has blood in his other two chapters. And so both of them to shed blood, and they got an agreement. Now, under the new covenant, Jesus shed his blood 
And what we have to do, confess him as Lord and Savior. That's our agreement. And walk in love. I'm out of time. I wish I had more time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. Say this confession. Say, right now, I'm feeding my faith. Say it again. Say, right now, I'm about to feed my faith. Say this. Say, my faith grow it exceedingly. Now say this. Say, I am a faith child of a faith God. Now say this. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all sin. Say it again. Say, the blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all sin. Say this. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say that two times. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, the Lord watches over his word to perform it. Everything I just had you say is written in the word. Only thing I was doing was activating, activating that by having you confess it. When you get something from God, it is voice activated. To have eternal life, you must say, I have eternal life. Them, God said that them that believe on the Lord Jesus, they have eternal life. And they shall not taste of the second death. So say it. Say, I have eternal life. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood sacrifice was shed for me. I am sin free. I have eternal life. There is therefore now no condemnation in me because I am in Christ Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. All of my sins are paid for by the blood. If I miss it, the blood of Jesus has paid for it. This is absolutely correct. This is absolutely scripture. Now, if I show you these things in the scripture, will you let the scriptures change your mind? Or will you stay in legalism? Or would you stay in religiosity? Will you dare let the word of God get you out of that? Would you dare let the word of God influence you? Would you dare let the word of God wash your brain and be brainwashed by the washing of the water, by the word? Hallelujah. Will you let the God, uh, the God of heaven change your mind with his holy sanctified word? Hallelujah. Did you know that a covenant is an agreement between two people? As I was showing you in Abraham, with Abraham, first God used animals for his blood. He came down, down. that was him in that lamp. He consumed that sacrifice. Then he had Abraham circumcise himself, representing that second covenant of Moses. The first covenant represented Jesus. The second covenant, going because uh, of what was first was uh, Abraham by faith. And then he did the the, the other demonstration was the uh, circumcision, which Moses brought in. That was under rules and regulation where the people had to do something. See, in the first covenant, God did all the work. In the second covenant, the, uh, Moses uh, or Abraham had to do something by circumcising himself the eighth day. So they was working on two different covenants, right? Well, None of them worked. Uh, the, the second one didn't work out, which was the law of Moses. We know that didn't work out because men had to be stoned to death, so forth and so on. But see, God came with a better covenant, with a better agreement, because all agreements with heaven, with God, is by blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin.
even Abel in the beginning knew the way to God was by blood. When they was bringing offerings, Cain brought some from the ground. His offering wasn't received. His offering represented works. He working hard, planning, planning, doing this. I mean, he was getting down, worked all day, worked all day trying to get righteous. It didn't work out. Abel come, he killed a um, lamb or something to that effect. I, I can't, can't remember which animal. And God received this sacrifice because the way into the Holy of Holies is by blood. The way into relationship with God is by blood. It's not by your works. It's not by works of righteousness, which we will do, but it's by faith in the name and faith in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hebrews 8 chapter. Glory at verse 7. You notice that Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Yeah, giving glory to God. That was his faith. The Bible says he believed God and that was his righteousness. Not doubting God faithfulness, not doubting the truthfulness of his words. See, I want you to believe his word. That's all. When God say that you're holy by the, by the blood of Jesus, I just want you to believe it. I don't want you to, uh, to, to be trying to get saved. You know, got people been in the law 50 years. They still trying to get saved. They still think they're going to lose, lose their salvation if they don't do everything perfect. And it's just not true. It's not true. It's not true. Because your salvation is not based off your works. You know why? Because then you would boast. You would say, I'm I'm holier than him. Ain't nobody got the revelation we got over here. Uh, I'm a thoroughbred. We thoroughbred. We're not mixed with anything. You're, you're boast if your salvation was based on works. Hallelujah. But them that salvation is based on works, they are falling from grace. So it's going to take works, and they'll never get to heaven that way. Because it's only by receiving the blood sacrifice that you get to heaven. It's not by what you wear. It's not by that. It's not by works. It's by faith. It's by grace. Through faith you're saved and not of works. It's the gift of God, not of works. It said twice in, in Ephesians, the second chapter. It said not of works twice. Leads in a man that should boast, just in case you didn't hear it the first time. Well, in Hebrews 8, and at verse 7, it said, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he's talking about Moses. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant or a new agreement with the house of Israel and with, with the house of Judah. Now God, now Jesus came to the Jews first, and then he sent Paul to the Gentiles to reveal Christ. Okay, so he did, he didn't fulfill this already. This is the new covenant, the Lord Jesus Christ. At verse 9, it said, not according to the covenant or the agreement that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. In other words, they didn't keep the agreement, and I regarded them not, said the Lord. In other words, they didn't keep their agreement, I won't keep mine. And you notice they got scattered, they went into slavery to the Chaldeans and all that. Daniel was in slavery, you know the story. Well, at verse 10, Hebrews 8 and 10, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind. In other words, you don't have a responsibility to try to put your laws into somebody's mind. That's what we have some, with some places. They don't put their laws into your mind. 
But God said that ain't how it's going to work. He said he's going to do it. In other words, the love law, the love of the Lord our God, Jesus revealed this. He said you got two commandments, the love of the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the love of thy neighbor as thyself. And these two commandments is all the law and the prophets. That's what he said. And he won't change his mind. And you got to believe God. And that is your righteousness when you believe that. When you believe those words, that's your righteousness. When you believe, say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know it's unbelief not to confess that? Some people think it's unbelief to confess that. It's unbelief not to say that you're righteous. You know, that's pride to say that you're sinful when, when God said he's made you righteous by his blood. You know, that's to count the blood of Jesus as an unholy thing and do despite to the spirit of grace. It talks about that in the ninth chapter of Hebrews. To not receive your righteousness by believing on Jesus, to not confess what God said you are, to not believe and say out of your mouth what God said. Say what God said. God said you've been made righteous. God said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. To not say that is sin. Some people think saying it is sin. Yeah, he said you're right as long into your mind, right? And write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Listen to this. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, for him to say that, that means some people who have received it might start being unrighteousness here and not again. Some, the people who he sanctifies, some of them going to have sins. Some of them going to have iniquity. But he said he's going to be merciful to your unrighteousness. And your sins and iniquities he will not remember. And when you receive this, you're going to begin to love him more. And you're going to become even more righteous. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again to release God's words to you, to destroy the inferiority complex, to destroy the sin consciousness that's trying to grip your soul, to set you free that you might be able to operate in a higher level of faith. That's my agenda. So that you can get healing in your body, healing for your loved ones, see your sons and daughters saved, see your house filled with plenty, glory, see you blessed, prophesying and teaching the word. Well, I mean, just I just want you to be walking in divine victory because you are victorious. See, this is your victory, even your faith. So make this confession. Say, right now, I'm feeding my faith. Glory, because this is the word of faith that I preach. Say it one more time. Say, I'm feeding my faith. See, the word of God teaches that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Glory. Now say this. This is out of um, Thessalonians, I think. It's a scripture that said, my faith groweth exceedingly. Paul said, your faith groweth exceedingly. Now say this. Say, my faith groweth exceedingly. Now, I want you to make this confession. It's going to register on your spirit, and it's going to make you have uh, whatever what you're going to confess. Say, I have a hunger for the word of God. Say it again. Say, I have a divine hunger for the word of God. Now, I have you to say these things because faith come by hearing, but also you release your faith by confession. And we're talking about a better covenant. Glory. In Leviticus, the first chapter of Leviticus, See, I want to show you that God don't change. He keeps the same pattern. He might do it a different way, but he keeps the same pattern. And the Lord called unto Moses and spake 
unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a meal without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. Now, you got to come to Jesus. How? You come to the Lamb of God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to come voluntarily. If somebody say, well, I don't believe like that, I believe there's many ways to God, let them alone because they're not going to be saved because they got to come voluntarily. They still depending on some other sacrifice, a bull and goats, and that's not going to work anymore because you're not under that covenant. Glory. You must come to the Lord Jesus Christ voluntarily. And at verse 4, it says, And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Now, so what if somebody tell you that believing on Jesus Christ is not enough? Believe, uh, confessing him as Lord is not enough. That ain't all you got to do. Well, the book teach different. It says when you put your hand on, on that lamb, in other words, when you call upon the name of the Lord, what? You shall be saved. It's written in the book of Joel, and it's written in the New, New Testament. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is equivalent to putting your hand on the burnt offering for the atonement. The Bible said it will be accepted. Don't let nobody tell you that it won't be accepted because the word of God says it will be accepted. So right now, your offering is the blood of Jesus. See what I'm saying? And you get that blood by confession. You say, Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior, and I choose to receive your blood sacrifice. Your blood has paid for my sins. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. And just start rejoicing in it. Do an act. Faith is an act. When you start rejoicing in it, that shows that you believe what you just said. Faith is an act. Somebody say faith is an act. You got to act upon the word of God. Faith is an act. You act upon the blood by saying it. The, act, the action that you're doing is saying it. Hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering. Glory, Leviticus, the 17th chapter and the 11th verse. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that make an atonement for the soul. Now, how is your soul atoned for? Your soul is atoned for by blood sacrifice. God said one place, all souls are mine. But the soul that sinned it shall die. So because you have sinned, for all have sinned and come short of the glory, you needed something to die. The soul that sinned it shall die. Well, the life is in the flesh, right? And God says giving it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. So somebody got to make an atonement for your soul. God did this pattern with the Levites. They had to offer some, and that's an atonement for the firstborn. For the Levites. I don't have time to explain that, but that's how it works. Some have to die for you to live. The wages of sin is death, right? But the gift of God is a divine gift. 
the gift of God is eternal life. So the blood of Jesus Christ is given to you for an atonement for your sins. Let's go back to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And at verse 10, for this is the covenant or agreement that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. How is he going to do that? By the blood sacrifice. What is the blood sacrifice under this better covenant, this better agreement that I'm ministering on? It's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. God refuses to remember your sins. God refuses to remember your iniquities. If you miss it, if you overcome in a fault, you begin to say, Lord, your blood, I read in your word that your blood, it covers my sins and cleanses me from all unrighteousness. God will not remember your sins and iniquities. God will be merciful to your unrighteousness. They had a, a, a sacrifice for sins of omission and commission. It, it talks about it. You read Leviticus, it talks about a sacrifice for sins that people had done ignorantly. Why? Because it was so much that could be a sin till you might miss it and don't know you miss it, and then you'll be eternally lost. Well, God did away with all the blood of bo uh, bulls and goats and animals. He prepared a body, and he got into that body and reconciled the world back to himself. See, at verse 13, it said, In that he said, a new covenant. He had made the first old. Now that which decayed and waxed it old is ready to vanish away. Let's go to Hebrews, the ninth chapter. Hallelujah. Glory. And let's start at the, uh, hold up one second. The 11th verse. Hebrews 9 and 11, it said, But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood, he entered in, in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for, for us. Eternal redemption. Somebody say that word, eternal redemption. Eternal redemption, eternal redemption, eternal redemption. You are redeemed till you miss it again. Nope, it says eternal, eternal redemption. Now, this works for who believe it. If you don't believe it, it won't work for you. But I challenge you, brothers and sisters, believe the words of God over the words of man. Believe God's word over man's interpretation. God's integrity is in his word. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not his word. He said, magnify the word above his name. His word says that Jesus entered into the holy place and got eternal redemption for you. Glory, hallelujah. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling and unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, that did work once, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve 
the living God. We got to get rid of that sin consciousness so you can operate in a higher level of faith. Be blessed. I'm Brother Derek. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Well, hello, brothers and sisters. Glad that you stuck with me to the end of the week. Now, say this. Say this confession. Because when you say words, words always register on your spirit. Always. Some of you can remember words people spoke to you 20 years ago, whether they be good or bad. So words register on your spirit. That's why if it's negative words, you have to uproot those words, you know, by words. Say I uproot every negative word, a negative seed that has been planted in me in the name of the Lord Jesus. After you say that type of prayer, you say, now I choose to feed my faith. Say my faith is being fed right now. Say it. Say my faith grow it exceedingly. Say it. Say I have a hunger for the word of God. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, every seed that you did not plant, every seed of doubt, every seed of unbelief, every seed of sickness, every uh, diagnosis that was from the devil, I uproot it. I uproot every seed that is uh, un ungodly. I uproot it out of their spirit. Glory. I command it to come out. I command those demonic mindsets to come out, those demonic seeds. Reveal, Lord, to every individual which seed that is in them that is from the enemy. Reveal it. I command every demonic seed to expose himself right now in the name of Jesus. And I command you to come out. Every mindset, every seed, every demonic power that's operating in you that is ungodly, I charge you to come out of the people. Come out of them now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jeremiah said he's going to replant, uproot and replant. Hallelujah. Well, that's what we're doing. People have told you that your salvation is based off you doing right. If that's the case, you got many Buddhists, many Islamists that's going to heaven if it's based off them doing right. Because you've got people that's Buddhist, Islamic, and different religions. I mean, they live a holy life. You go and watch some of those documentaries on the Buddhist monks. They don't, they don't practice sin. They're more disciplined than most Christians. I'm serious. They fast and all that. They don't practice sin. They're dedicated. But see, if it was based off works, holiness of, holiness of the flesh, everybody who practiced what we would think would be holiness would be going to heaven, but it's not based off that. And that's what, what I got to get into your spirit. You got to know the truth. The Bible says you should know the truth. And the truth is going to make you free. Now, let's go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. It says, for the law, having a shout of good things to come and not the very image of the thing, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commas thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. See what I'm saying? They should have had no more conscience of sins after the blood has been offered. But see, Paul was letting you know when he was writing this that the consciousness of sin was still there. They were still worrying about what were they holy or were they righteous. Why? Because they knew it required holiness and righteousness and so forth and so on to be able to obtain promises and, and, and good things that they needed from the Lord, like prosperity. Because God said he made them a lender, not a bar. If you was broke, 
that was a sign that you was out of covenant. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Because one of the one of the benefits of the old covenant was to be a lender, not a bar. Another benefit that you wouldn't get sick. Go back and read 28 chapter Deuteronomy. When they start having uh, botches in their knees and all this kind of stuff, it represented them being out of, out of covenant. Now, I'll tell you this. One part of our deal of the covenant is to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. If you start getting off into hatred, you start getting out of fellowship with God, you open your own self up. You might still, you know, be on your way to heaven, but you open yourself up to to the the benefits of not being in covenant, see? You want to stay under that blood covenant. See what I'm saying? If it comes to your conscience that you're out of, out of uh, covenant, simply say, Lord, I missed it. And uh, your blood, I received that blood sacrifice for forgiveness, glory, hallelujah, and cleansing in that particular area. So that's how you, you know, self, you know, sanctify. But see, the word of God teaches that you're sanctified by the blood of Jesus once and for all. And I want to show you that. You still want to want to walk in in a discipline, but it has nothing to do with your salvation. See, you're doing that because you love God. You, you're doing something with your body because you love God. You got to do something with your body. You got to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's your reasonable service, see. But God has did the other work for you because he want to get that sin consciousness out of you. Because it says in verse 3, if, 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 those, if the blood of bull and ghost had worked, verse 3 it said, but in those sacrifices, there's a remembrance again made of sins every year. But it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Hallelujah. Wherefore, when he coming into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices of sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Glory, hallelujah. Glory. David had that revelation that God didn't have pleasure and burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin anymore, that he wanted a sacrifice of praise. He wanted a sacrifice of thanksgiving, loving the Lord. That's what praise is, loving on the Lord, loving the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what thanksgiving is. Lord, I'm thankful. Just keep telling the Lord you're thankful. Have an attitude of thank thankfulness. Have an attitude of praise. Glory. Praise shall be continually in my mouth. That's what David said. He's going to constantly have in his mouth. Praise ye the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He said, praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, God is on his mind all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 7, he said, then, then, then said, I, Lord, I come in the volume of the book. It is written on me, written of me, to do thy will, O God. See, this let you know that the whole book is written about the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Glory. Verse 8, it said above when he says sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He take it away the first, that it may establish the second. Now in verse 10, this is a very important verse right here. It says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. How many thought sanctification, and I did, well, I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing that. I need to do this and do right. Are you trying to, man, I'm trying to get sanctified. Man, I, I'm trying to get sanctified. 
I'm trying to get sanctified. Oh, Lord, you're going year by year still trying to get sanctified. Oh, Lord, I've heard people weeping and crying on the altar. Oh, Lord, we can't have any sin. We can't have any sin. Been in the Lord 40 years, still trying to be sanctified. Well, the, the day I'm going I'm to I'm put you ahead of the game. If you've been trying to get sanctified for 40 years, today is your lucky day. And for some of you who ain't did it that way, today still your, I shouldn't say lucky, but it's your blessed day. It says, by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now, the way you get it is to say it. Say, right now, I am sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Say it again. I am sanctified by the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. You just got it. It was that easy. Now, did God lie? No, he didn't lie. So why, why, why you won't believe? You got to believe it. Just believe it. When doubt come in your head, say what the word said out of your mouth. You know you can still make it if doubt was in your head, but faith was in your heart. Yeah, it'll, your faith will still work if faith is in your mouth or in your heart and doubt in your head. Yeah, you might doubt that you sanctify. That's your head knowledge. That's your sense knowledge. But the word of God says Jesus has sanctified you. Glory. Verse 11, it said, In every priest standing daily ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifices, which have never taken away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. When did, how did he offer it forever? For henceforth expecting to his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. You know, God say, be ye perfect for your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, you are perfect. How? Say this. Say, I'm perfect by the offering of Jesus Christ. I am perfect by one offering. I have been perfected. You just make that out of confession and you're perfect. Be blessed. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend.